Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 58 of the Naturally Nourished podcast. This is Cutting Off Cancer with Food as Medicine. Becky here with Allie. Hey, everyone. And so, Allie, I know you are no stranger to oncology and cancer care. And in fact, when you started Naturally Nourished, a launch of your career was really spending that first six months part-time at MD Anderson as a developer of a research study. And for listeners that want to know all about it, in episode 36, you interviewed Dr. Lorenzo Cohen, with whom you worked as a developer for a food as medicine protocol in a stage three breast cancer research study through the NIH and MD Anderson. Um, So today's episode, really, we want to focus on the um, underlying mechanisms of what drives cancer in the body and how we can use food as medicine to cut that off and to stave off cancer and prevent. So let's talk about that study. Absolutely. So yeah, like I said, uh, like Becky said, episode 36, we interview Dr. Cohen, who recruited me to develop the protocol. And the study is based on David Servan Shriver's anti-cancer book. And it incorporates elements of yoga, mindfulness therapy, resistance training and exercise and nutrition. And so I developed, it was six different, a six different didactic or educational components that were an hour each in length as far as class type material to be done with a participant of the research study led by a dietitian. So six different course topics made with handouts and materials and learning objectives on an anti-inflammatory diet. And then there were also six culinary classes that I developed with a unique menu each course and hands-on food class. Uh, So basically a culinary approach to use food as medicine. Awesome. And we know that cancer prevention, treatment, and survivorship are all so significantly impacted by both diet and lifestyle. And your food as medicine plans, including those we feature in the cancer ebook and the detox ebook, really are developed to ensure nutritional support, aid with detox, combat tumor growth, ease treatment side effects, and prevent recurrence. Yes. And so, like you said, Becky, all ends of the spectrum, whether we're helping detox to prevent cancer or detox post-chemotherapy, if we're actually in there during active diagnosis and treatment to work with the body to combat tumor growth or for early identification and upregulation, or during treatment to deal with side effects and then maintain optimal immune system post, food as medicine can definitely play a, a role on each end of the spectrum. And it's important also to acknowledge that 
unfortunately, diet is a double-edged sword. So, you know, the foods, when we're talking about the influence of diet and cancer, we're estimating at upwards of 70% of the influence of a factor in the disease pathology or, or the disease diagnosis. You know, so many of us, all of us have cancer cells in our body, and it's what we put in our system that plays a big role on how our body is expressing disease condition across the board beyond cancer. You know, so the foods we eat can either drive inflammation, can drive elevated blood sugar levels, can drive toxicity, or they can reduce and enhance whole body function. Yes. And we just did a whole episode, episode 53 on coping with chemotherapy, but we really thought that um, we couldn't believe that we didn't have an episode already on cancer pathology and supporting the immune system. So that's what today is all about. Yes. And I want to just jump right in and talk about the immune system and why that is so important. Yeah. So, you know, the immune system we think of as a surveillance system of the body. And it's really important to acknowledge that it's its job to identify abnormal cell formation and tumorigenic activity. And so when we have a diagnosis of cancer, the immune system has likely been in hypo mode or underreactive mode. And um, that's why often we can also see with the drug classification of immunosuppressants. Um, so different drugs that are used, uh, I won't name drop any, but to suppress autoimmune disease, often the number one side effect or concern is cancer because we're suppressing that surveillance system ability to detect. So in an individual also on the other end of the spectrum that's dealing with high chronic stress, their immune system might be overworked and then it becomes pooped and becomes under worked and that's where things like cancer can be at higher risk in that individual. And then the immune system is also important during active treatment because the immune system is awesome, often compromised during active treatment. So when we're talking about superfoods for the immune system, we really want to work with the body to upregulate this surveillance system activity. And that's not only going to help to prevent day-to-day -day cold, flu, virus, and illness, it's also going to help to support the body in its ability to detect abnormal growth, to upregulate its ability to destroy tumors and cancer cells, and then also protect our otherwise healthy cells during treatment time. Um, so one of the first things we can do when we're talking about food as medicine support in the immune system is look at what is driving inflammation in each individual's immune system. And that's done through the MRT test. So this is a blood test that looks at 150 foods and chemicals. And in the individuals, based on their own blood, what drives chemical release of the inflammatory compounds in their bloodstream. And so this we really use as like a baseline as a GPS of the body, if you will, of what someone's superfood and someone's kryptonite is so we can strategize their diet to reduce inflammation and also reduce distractors from the immune system. Because if you're eating lettuce every day, and lettuce is a red significant reaction in your MRT result, then that means that every time you eat lettuce, although you're eating that to be healthy, that your immune system gets distracted by trying to battle the lettuce and may not see the sneak in of a virus or the sneak in of tumorigenic activity or expansion or growth. Got it. So we really want to be able to kind of refocus the immune system and minimize that distraction or fuzziness. Yes. 
And then let's talk about the role of probiotics with immune support. Yeah, so you know, probiotics are a great way to support and optimize the immune system. We know that they can play a big role in our digestive function, so they can help with regularity, um, so bowel formation, and can aid with diarrhea or constipation, either end of the spectrum. They also provide us with fuel source, so they make these things called short-chain fatty acids, which can help with our energy levels. But one of the biggest things that probiotics do in the cancer world is they actually lower the pH of the body, so um, they regulate the pH of our system and can create compounds that actually have anti-tumorigenic properties. Um, they also can upregulate our natural killer cells in the body, which can play a role to directly battle cancer activity in our system. So they have natural antibacterial properties, can address our microbiome or gut bacteria, and also natural killer activity to be our best line of defense for any foreign invaders. Awesome. And then let's talk about a couple of immune boosting foods within that probiotic realm that we can focus on. Sure. So if we're doing dairy, the, the some of the easiest ones to incorporate are things like kefir, or um, which is a drinkable dairy beverage, or uh, organic Greek yogurt or strained yogurt. You'd want to do all of these unsweetened optimally. We could also look at raw aged cheeses. So the raw aged cheeses would be made from unpasteurized raw milk. This allows probacteria cultures in the uh, aging of the cheese. Miso is a fermentable form of soy paste that can be added to bone broth. And actually, although it is fermented from soy, has very anti-estrogenic properties. So unlike soy in the form of edamame or soy milk, miso can actually prevent breast cancer and estrogen dominance in the body. We can also use other cultured vegetables like kimchi or pickled carrots or sauerkraut or pickles themselves. And then uh, finally, things like kombucha, which include both a colony of yeast and probacteria in, in a, a synergy form. So any of these could be used in rotation in the diet. And then you also may want to consider beyond the food as medicine forms, our Restore Baseline Probiotic. Um, what's really interesting is if your body does not tolerate these foods, or if you notice uh, loose stools or GI cramping or diarrhea following consumption of any of these foods, that's likely an imbalance of your gut bacteria. So you may want to start taking a daily probiotic. You don't may, you do want to start taking a daily probiotic. And our Restore Baseline probiotic offers 15 billion colony forming units. You may even require up to a higher level, especially if you've been on an antibiotic or have immune suppressing um, influence in the body. And that would be a combination of our targeted strength probiotic, or our spectrum restore, I'm sorry, our spectrum rebuild probiotic, which would be heavier hitters. And if you're going through active treatment, I would recommend one of the targeted strength and one of the spectrum probiotics each at bed. If you're just talking about prevention and baseline care, that restore baseline probiotic one at bed could be sufficient. And if you don't tolerate the probiotic pills or you notice more distension or bloating, you may need to do a bacterial cleanse. So you could check out our ebook on, it's called Beat the Bloat, 
It's under books and programs, and this has a quiz for dysbiosis or bacterial imbalance. It also has a protocol to actually do a gut cleanse, basically kind of plowing the fields of your microbiome before you proliferate and set up camp at the good. And that's what we're seeing. If you eat probiotic-rich foods or you take a good quality probiotic and you're getting a bad response, that means that you have a large population of a bad army or bad bacteria overgrowth that you need to cleanse out before you can allow that good to set up camp. There's only so much playing field for the bacteria to proliferate. And so sometimes we have to reset this, the bowel um, area in order to re-inoculate and flourish the good strains. Awesome. So I think probiotics, probiotic foods, and then immune support with the MRT in general. Those are good tips for how to support the immune system. Yes. Um, so let's get into starvation of tumors. And I know there are two ways that we can do this to kind of starve off that tumor. Yes. So a, a couple different things that we're thinking of. Um, the, the first we'll start with is anti-angiogenesis foods. And so that's an awesome big word. And angiogenesis is the basically process of vessels feeding uh, fuel, feeding fuel, feeding tumors, uh, feeding cells, bringing fuel to the cells. And so anti-angiogenesis foods basically are going to close off the connections of the vessels or stop the vessels from forming. And that in turn basically starves off the cancer cells. So cancer cells are rapidly dividing. They divide much uh, quicker than healthy cells do in the body. And so this idea of angiogenesis or feeding cell proliferation by incorporating anti-angiogenesis foods, again, can kind of block the formation of new vessels to proliferate and in sense starve off or weaken cancer cells. And anti-angiogenesis foods can be found in things like berries. Um, and so your raspberries, your blackberries and blueberries are your best forms there. Uh, also tomatoes and if we're doing tomatoes they have a two for one because they also have the lycopene and if they're cooked they'll have more of the cancer fighting properties from concentration of the lycopene as well as the anti-angiogenesis properties so like stewed or crushed tomatoes our cruciferous family of foods like our bok choy cabbage and kale all have anti-angiogenesis properties as well as other cancer fighting compounds like i3c's to upregulate detox Citrus is a great one for anti-angiogenesis foods. So our lemon, lime, orange, grapefruit, all really great options. Dark chocolate or 100% cacao is another significant anti-angiogenesis as well as tea. So green tea being the one that's best researched for its antioxidant compounds and catechins, uh, but also has the ability to starve off vessel expansion to tumors with that anti-angiogenesis property. Awesome. That is just so neat. <laughs> so cool to picture how that works. Um, and then beyond this fancy term of anti-angiogenesis, I know there's a more broad spectrum approach that we could take to starve off cancer via ketosis. So let's talk about that. Yes. So the ketogenic diet is really growing in up-to-date research as an adjuvant to cancer treatment. And we interviewed um, Allison Gannett, who had uh, terminal 
diagnosis of brain cancer and she uses the ketogenic lifestyle clinically in practice with clients as well as within her own body to manage and suppress her tumor growth which is a pretty incredible episode and um, I apologize I don't know the number of that but it'll be coming soon Um, and her story is just one that is really moving and and phenomenal but the, the way that ketosis works is it transitions the body from using glucose as fuel most of us listening if we're not following already the ketogenic lifestyle are using glucose as fuel and when we are monitoring for cancer in the body we do a scan called a PET scan and a PET scan actually monitors for glucose concentration in the body and um, so when we're seeing when people say that their scan lit up like a Christmas tree or there's a lot of action in the PET scan they can see tumor activity because there's higher rapid proliferation or rapid growth rapid expansion and in that area is also rapid metabolism of glucose or blood sugar so increased sugar means increased proliferation and, and sugar or glucose is the preferred fuel source of cancer so if we can actually starve our body from glucose by going ketogenic it takes remember about 72 hours to transition the body from using glucose as its fuel source to starving off the glycogen stores which are the blood sugar stores in the liver and the muscle and then actually go into production and utilization of ketones this actually is a fantastic mechanism to not only use fat as fuel and help with brain health and also help with um, metabolism and body fat loss but it can actually, in um, theory, starve off tumorigenic activity and cancer proliferation. Awesome. And that episode we were talking about, um, just for listeners to go back and listen, it's episode 57 with Oh, it's right, be- right yep, before it's right this before. episode. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. Good. So we're a little bit timely. So so that this will kind of, um, if you haven't listened to it or if you missed it, go back and listen to it. It's an awesome episode. Yes. And then beyond eating a high fat diet to drive ketosis, I know that fats are also really important as um, cell barrier supporters. So this takes us to our next approach of cutting off cancer via supporting our cell membranes. Yes. So we want to both protect our healthy cells from damage and all of our cells are lined with what's called a bilipid membrane, meaning that they're both water and fat soluble. And so having ample fat in the form of healthy fats help to strengthen the membranes of these cells, protecting them from damage from toxins. Um, So these can be environmental toxins or dietary toxins. And basically it prevents the membrane from allowing the toxin to penetrate and getting DNA damage. So having ample amounts of fats um, are going to provide also a form of fat-soluble vitamins um, like our vitamin A, D, E, and K, which also go back to supporting our immune system, which can help that surveillance influence of cancer prevention. And there's other strategic forms of fats Uh, CLAs and omega-3s that we've seen in research also to help to be anti-tumorigenic and anti-inflammatory. So CLAs we see, um, they stand for conjugated linoleic acids. These are in our grass-fed forms of dairy, so like our grass-fed butter, 
And then the omega-3s are also seen in some of those grass-fed foods, but higher in like our omega-3 fatty acids from wild fish, uh, egg yolks from pastured chickens. So having a healthy fat in all meals and snacks is a great place to start. And if you transition your diet to ketogenic, your diet is going to be 80 plus percent made up as far as macronutrient distribution from fat. So there will be no problem in getting healthy fats to support membranes and um, also to starve off your body from glucose. Um, so variety of intake of foods like avocado, extra virgin olive oil, olives themselves, nuts and seeds, nut butters, coconut oil, coconut meat, grass-fed butter, all of these are in abundance with a ketogenic diet or a very low glycemic, um, high fat, low carb approach. Awesome. So let's talk now about the role of detox and why that is so important in cutting off cancer. Um, so I just was really deeply in the weeds with our um, refacing our, our detox protocol and was really into how the three R's of resetting your metabolism, restoring your digestion and renewing your cellular health can really go beyond and above and beyond um, what people might envision as a cleanse. Yeah, so I when I developed the detox, I wanted it to be comprehensive as a, an entry point, if you will, into what I call optimal eating. So it does, it, it talks a lot about mechanisms of metabolism, it talks about leaky gut, it talks about the GI tract, it talks about stimulating the digestive process, and then this idea of renewing cellular health, both in barrier protection, as well as this phase two of detox. And so what happens in, in detox is there's two phases. There's phase one, which is the activation of toxins, and phase two, which is the encapsulation and excretion. And so when we're talking about cancer, there is often an over um, upregulation of enzyme activity of individuals that are diagnosed with cancer with that activation, but inadequate activity in the conjugation and excretion. So what this basically means is people that have tumorigenic activity are typically activating toxins and those toxins are damaging their cells, damaging their DNA, scrambling things so that their immune system is not seeing this abnormal activity. And their body does not have ample enzyme support and metabolic support to identify the toxins that have been activated and encapsulate and excrete them so that they are not harmful to the body. So it's important to support both biological phase one and phase two. And in my 10-day detox, we're really upregulating the action of the liver and the kidneys. And so we're talking about the liver and kidneys filtering the blood. And the liver filters the blood of the body at two quarts per minute. So it's just like constantly filtering. And the liver is really the, the UPS of the body. So it is what determines what is a nutrient and where it gets kind of packaged and shipped off to, if you will. <laughs> and so it decides, okay, CoQ10, you go to the mitochondria or okay, calcium, you go deep into the bone where you belong and go to those um, osteocytes and, and the cells that build bone. Um, and then it says, I don't know what you are, toxin. I'm going to store you over in this fat cell. And what happens is in an individual that is exposed to higher toxins without ample antioxidants or without ample phase two detox support, those toxins build up and like I said, can actually damage the body's expression. 
and also then can drive higher propensity towards tumor activity. Um, so in the individual with a detox, we wanna provide both phase one and phase two enzyme support. And phase one is upregulated with antioxidants, which protect the activated toxin exposure. Phase one is also supported by liver gallbladder support. So these are like bitters, like dandelion green. This is things like milk thistle, which supports the liver. This is things that supports bioflow. And so this is kind of the activation in that UPS system to identify. And then phase two is conjugation and excretion, which uses a lot of sulfur-containing compounds. So this is where we're looking at our Eindol 3 carbonyls from our cruciferous family of like our broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts. We're also looking at alliums as sulfur drivers like leeks and shallots and onions and garlic. We're looking at also sulfur from our protein-rich foods like our egg yolks and our wild-caught fish and even our grass-fed beef. So in order to do a successful cleanse, a lot of these amino acids and metabolites like N-acetylcysteine and glutathione and all these granddaddy antioxidant superfoods are seen biologically active in animal products as well. So our detox actually incorporates animal uh, or biological protein for eight of the 10 days through the cleanse. And it, it works in a bell curve, if you will. As you eliminate foods, you're strategically focusing on foods to boost in abundance. And um, it is really a strategic approach to not only doing a detox successfully, but to also clean eating and identifying foods that potentially are driving inflammation in your body as you're removing to see how your body responds in the process. Awesome. And this detox protocol that we're talking about is found in our detox ebook again, which was just redone. It got a little facelift. Um, and it's on sale right now for $14.99 through the month of November. So if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out, um, check that out under books and programs on our website. Uh, there's a lot of really valuable information in terms of what to remove, what to replace in the diet, going through that entire 10-day protocol. And then there's about 20, I think exactly 20 actually, recipes um, to support your journey. Yep, and then it's important to note that if you're actually looking to do a metabolic detox, it does require supplementation support. So we're trying to, just like you change the oil in your tank quarterly, we're trying to upregulate the influence of cleansing in the blood by the liver and the kidneys. And so beyond the diet being strategic in that bell curve, you actually need an abundance of these therapeutic compounds that have been shown in medical research to drive phase one and phase two enzyme activity. And so it does require the detox packs, which you can get on the site as well, the Reset, Restore, Renew detox packs. And actually, I am going to be getting a high volume of packs that are good through August only at a discounted price because I've had a lot of people, the packs are 106 or $108. They're a little bit cross prohibitive to some people and a lot of people have been requesting um, if I can do any form of promo. And um, I did get my hands on and um, we are able to get some packs that are good through August of 2018. 
So we typically only sell supplements on our site that are good for at least a 16-month window. Um, but for those quick turnaround options, anyone that's ready to do a cleanse now or even in January, I will be offering these at a heavy discount. I think I'm going to be able to offer them at 30 to 40% off. So stay tuned and definitely sign up for our email newsletter and we'll be pushing out promo for that for to get you guys set up for the holidays. Um, and that might be the best time to jump into a 10-day detox using the supplements and you could use them again another time in the spring um, all before August of 2018. Awesome. And yeah, the detox would be appropriate just as a cancer preventative tool, but also for someone you know who's recently gone through absolutely. chemo. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And so we opened with the concept of the immune system as our surveillance system of the body and talked about this focused approach using the MRT as kind of the individualized approach. But I want to talk just about kind of the general approach to an anti-inflammatory diet and how you see that. Yeah. So the MRT is the GPS, if you will, right, as far as inflammation. And, and like I said, I, I really like using this clinically with cancer care as well as autoimmune disease or GI distress because it is. It's the GPS of the body. So it takes out a lot of the anxiety um, of, is this food good for me? I read this article about this. And I often kind of really focus with patients on reducing stress within the process of cancer care because you know, at the end of the day, you can find a research study or an article that says that kale causes cancer, right? I mean, <laughs> you can find negative things about food and you can overthink it. And so I want to talk about some bar none pro foods to add into your diet that can cool and soothe and be anti-inflammatory. But if you're really looking for the individualized level, that MRT test would be my gold standard to really determine for your system what's going to downregulate inflammation and what's going to work with that surveillance system of your body. But classifications or categories of foods that are anti-inflammatory would first be maybe mucilaginous. So that's a fun word to say, and it basically means oopy goopy. So mucilaginous foods are going to be seen with like seaweeds and sea vegetables. These are very mineral rich additions to your diet that can be incorporated into um, bone broth in the form of like a miso soup. So we could use uh, little pieces of kombu or even like nori sheets torn up in bone broth and then that miso to get the probiotic support after we've removed the bone broth from heat. And that would be getting a really great delivery of the seaweeds um, and iodine and B vitamins and minerals as well as that mucilaginous coating. Um, and that's going to really help with the oral area, like mouth, esophagus, stomach, and intestines, especially if we've had radiation or chemotherapy because we can get a lot of ulcers and digestive sores. So seaweed can be very beneficial. You can also incorporate seaweed to do a simple seaweed wrap-up, like use your nori sheet with avocado slices or spread some guacamole on that, and then do turkey slices or lox cold smoked salmon and roll that up and just cut it into like simple sushi bites or you could just snack on seaweed so all of those would work really nice for us and then the bone broth itself would be another addition in this section which is kind of oopy goopy it has the gelatin so it's going to be that anti-inflammatory driver also another category separately would be berries which have been shown to be one of the highest antioxidants and anti-inflammatory foods so they have something called anthocyanins which is kind of that purple pigment in the blueberries blackberries raspberries and strawberries 
And these help to protect our vessels. As I mentioned, they have anti-angiogenesis properties, so they can starve off the growth of, of cancer in the body, but they also can be cooling and soothing and have anti-inflammatory support. These are really great. I, I recommend a cup of berries a day. Um, these can be added into smoothies um, or as a snack with nuts and seeds. Another category we could consider for inflammation would be, as I mentioned, omega-3 fatty acids, which are with our barrier defenders. Omega-3s have a really potent anti-inflammatory support for our body. So doing this from our wild-caught fish or from, like I said, the yolk of a pasture-raised chicken, uh, these are all going to be great options. And I would recommend supplemental support here because it's very difficult to offset our omega-3, omega-6 ratio and get enough of that EPA and DHA. So our EPA, DHA extra supplement, I will have Becky add to the show notes. And this is uh, my favorite omega-3 fatty acid fish oil on the market. It is third-party assessed for toxicity. Uh, it assesses for contamination from mercury, PCBs, and toxins. And it is 100% purity guaranteed of the omega-3 marine lipid concentrate. And that's really important because all too often we've seen unregulated fish oils having things like soybean oil or corn bean, corn, corn bean, <laughs> soybean oil or corn oil as fillers. And so that's working against you. You're taking a supplement, but getting omega-6 and maybe even toxins from uh, sprays from industrialized crops and things like that. So you really want to make sure you're supplementing with a good quality EPA DHA. And our EPA DHA extra not only can help with inflammation, um, so beyond the cancer scope of inflammation, that's talking about aches, pains, um, like joint ache and things like that, and also heart health, very beneficial to prevent against stroke and um, help to keep the blood thinned and um, protect against cardiovascular and uh, diabetic insulin resistance and the whole kind of metabolic gamut as well. Awesome. And then let's talk about turmeric. Yeah. As a so supplement as a food. Yeah. So spices as well are, are huge. So we got our sea veggies, our berries, our omega-3 foods, and spices and seasoning. So turmeric, I think, is the bar-known superfood spice, we think, because it has anti-tumorigenic properties. It's probably been the most well-researched, and that's that curcuminoid. The curcumin is the active compound in turmeric. And um, when we're talking about turmeric, we can see in traditional cultures that it's best bioavailability when combined with black pepper and also when combined with fats. Um, and so we're, we may have seen different supplements on the market that use like biopurine or black pepper add-on and those have been shown to have a little bit increased availability in the bloodstream. Um, but our supplement, Super Turmeric, um, super excited about, super excited about Super Turmeric. Um, it has three different active curcuminoids in it um, and has been studied to have the highest bioavailability on the market, even compared to those products that have biopurine four to six times the increased absorbability and four to six times increased um, presence in the bloodstream to have anti-inflammatory influence in the body. And um, this is without the use of the black pepper, which was done strategically because a lot of those formulas cause reflux or heartburn. Um, the super turmeric also incorporates beyond the curcuminoids, turmeric oil. So it's using the natural fatty compounds from the turmeric root itself to get that synergy influence of combining fat with the turmeric. 
Awesome. And then ginger, we talked a lot about this one in our coping with chemo episode, but ginger would also be a great digestive support, anti-inflammatory and, and could help with nausea as well. Absolutely. And you know, both the ginger and turmeric are in a lot of our recipes. You guys can see that we love using these things. And one that we just put on the blog kind of recently for the turmeric, um, is called a tumor. I think it's called a, a turmeric shooter or a Detox, detox support. supporting turmeric lemonade. Okay, okay. The right title. But but it has I'll link it. <laughs> it has turmeric root, lemon in it, water, honey, and then if you're doing keto, you can pull the honey out and sub out for coconut water to still get that electrolyte um, influence in the body without the carbs. Um, so that works really nice also if you're dealing with active battling of cancer or even if you had a long weekend and are looking to kind of upregulate your liver and detox process and get that anti-inflammatory whoosh. But the super turmeric supplement, um, like the EPA DHA extra, has a, a big broad spectrum of approach and um, can be used almost as an alternate to like a leave. So personally, actually, I use that pre-menstruation when I know my cycle's coming. I use that to help with inflammation and I up both my EPA, DHA extra and super turmeric. And that really helps with cramping and um, aching in the body as well. And we do have an anti-inflammatory bundle um, which I'm just kind of in the mindset of supplements right now. So I'll have Becky link this. The anti-inflammatory bundle has three things in it. It has our EPA DHA extra. It has the super turmeric. And it has cellular antiox, which is the granddaddy antioxidant glutathione, which has been shown in research to have a strong correlation with um, cancer um, occurrence for those that have deficiency in glutathione. And also glutathione levels get depleted from treatment. So the anti-inflammatory bundle would be a great comprehensive support um, across the board. Awesome. So let's transition now, since we talked a little bit about glutathione, into micronutrient deficiency trends and certain nutrients that tend to be deficient in cancer patients. Yeah. So um, I actually just saw recently in, um, I was when I was up facelifting <laughs> our uh, detox, uh, Nature uh, Journal of uh, Medicine actually just put out a study um, and one of the kind of pulls from there, I'll just, I'll just read. So uh, I apologize if I sound like I'm reading because I am. Um, but Nature um, publication just noted that recent experimental evidence indicates that vitamin and mineral deficiencies can lead to DNA damage. Optimizing vitamin and mineral intake by encouraging dietary challenge, multivitamin and mineral supplements, and fortifying foods might therefore prevent cancer and other chronic diseases. I was so excited to see this, um, yes. just because it's like, oh, vitamin and mineral supplements may be required to prevent chronic disease and cancer. And it's something that I feel like we're always like screaming from the mountains and just isn't honored enough in oncology fields um, and isn't honored enough by standard allopathic physicians. Um, and so it's we're seeing in research that nutritional supplementation can not only prevent disease, but can also help in disease management and treatment. And we're seeing a, a strong trend when we're talking about cancer with, yes, glutathione is the number one. And that is the grandmama or granddaddy antioxidant. So vitamin C being the, the kind of tiny antioxidant, and then there's all different gamut. <coughs> Excuse me. 
Uh, thank you. There's a whole gamut. You vitamin C. I, maybe I do. <laughs> um, there's a whole gamut of antioxidants that go up there. So there's things like CoQ10 and selenium and vitamin E, um, all of these antioxidants that drive up to our glutathione being the top banana, if you will, in the chain. And glutathione depletion is seen, like I said, during active treatment. And also we can see a trend of higher susceptibility to cancer with inadequate glutathione. And that's because we see more free radical activity or more oxidative damage when our antioxidants are depleted. So optimizing your antioxidant status by having high amounts of antioxidant foods like uh, the turmeric, using antioxidant supplement like the super turmeric, and then maybe even working with glutathione itself. In fact, that's kind of the number one, that cellular antioxidant supplement is my number one go-to when I get a quick question from someone that's dealing with uh, cancer as a uh, concern. Asparginine. Asparginine is another one that we see trending when we're doing our micronutrient testing. So Becky and I at Naturally Nourished do a blood test that looks at uh, vitamins, minerals, and antioxidant status. And it's looking at about a three-month average. And asparginine is categorized with our amino acids or our protein building blocks. Often we see protein malnourishment or protein wasting, especially at some level of cachexia or wasting that can be more even severe. And that is the number one um, driver of death or complications from cancer treatment. That's another reason why the ketogenic diet can be so therapeutic because ketosis as a mechanism is muscle sparing, so prevents muscle wasting. That would be seen in someone that's using glucose as their primary substrate or fuel source. Um, but I like to recommend running the micronutrient test once cancer treatment has completed or um, in early diagnosis state. And that's where we can really specifically strategize for that individual where their micronutritional status is and how to get them above water. But we do see a trend, generally speaking, of low glutathione and low asparginine. The best way to bump up your asparginine is with grass-fed whey. So the naturally nourished grass-fed whey is a great food product um, that is going to have high amounts of the asparginine. It also does have some natural occurring glutathione. And then it has immunoglobulins, which actually support our immune system, that surveillance system, getting back to our first concept of how cancer can be undetected in the first place. So that's one of my favorite foods to bring in a scoop a day as kind of a baseline, if you will. And that's going to be the best way to replete that asparginine. And then actually, as it sounds in its name, asparagus is the highest plant-based food in asparginine. So I generally recommend asparagus as a cancer fighter. And going for about a half of a bunch uh, twice a week or a full bunch of asparagus per week and incorporating that into things like our um, frittatas, like our egg dishes, or we have a great asparagus salad in the Naturally Nourished Cookbook. Um, but this is a great thing to add into the diet in addition to that grass-fed whey. And then we tend to also see beyond low amino acids and low antioxidants, we see low fat soluble nutrients. This can be for a couple reasons. One, maybe the individual isn't consuming enough fat. They're going for more comfort foods like refined carbs. And so again, <laughs> reemphasizing if you're keto, you're getting higher fat. Um, the other reason though could be during treatment, they had damage to their intestinal lining. And so they're not absorbing the fat soluble compounds. They're not making as much lipase, the enzyme that absorbs lipids, or they're not producing as much bile either because they had their gallbladder removed at some point or their liver is overwhelmed from 
the chemo, that they're not putting out as much bile and they're not emulsifying and absorbing the fats. And so in that setting, I would recommend the Digestate Enzyme by Naturally Nourished. And the Digestate Enzyme is taken 10 to 15 minutes before meals and snacks. And this encourages everything you eat that you're absorbing more of the nutritional compounds and also reduces the fermentation or bloating from foods that you eat. So it actually can help with bloating after mealtime or cramping after mealtime and it can encourage less inflammatory response from the foods. It actually has a little bit of DPP-4 in there to break down gliadin and gluten and caseomorphin and dairy. So it actually makes foods less irritating and it enhances the nutritional absorption in your foods by taking that digestate enzyme prior to meals. Awesome. So I think there's, you know, this is really encouraging because there's so much controversial research out there. Oh, you can't take antioxidants when you're going through chemo or, you know, beta carotene in isolation. Yes. in isolation may cause cancer and um, all of this research kind of on both sides of the bank. So what you're saying is assessing with the micronutrient test, we could actually tell where our deficiencies lie. Um, and then also using, you know, really high quality third party assessed products and, and doing so under the supervision of a practitioner would probably be more advised than what we're seeing in some of these studies where it's high, high doses of questionable supplements. Um, that are given and, and have questionable potential outcomes. mold contamination yeah, exactly. and in an isolated form that's yeah. not in a whole food form and and yet we never use beta carotene as an isolate we always use mixed carotenoids or retinoic acid uh, different forms of vitamin a that have been shown only beneficial outcomes with cancer and I, yeah that's the one argument of oncologists when they try to pull you off of all of your supplements is that one study that looked at beta carotene driving lung cancer proliferation and i, I don't advise beta carotene and, and it was in smokers <laughs> yep <laughs> yep all of oh. these things okay so um. yeah i i think that hopefully the information in here allows you to put yourself back in the driver's seat of your body and be empowered and feel confident with use of like i said that anti-inflammatory bundle of supplements with the uh epa dha extra the super turmeric and the cellular antiox um, and we do the bundles at a, a form that provides savings for you financially. Um, but that's a great way for you to empower yourself and support your system, you know, during or after treatment. Awesome. And then the synergistic effect of foods too. We're not getting any of those antioxidants in isolation in a carrot or something that contains right. the whole spectrum. 300 of different carotenoids. types of carotenoids in there, right? right? Absolutely. Right. <laughs> right. So. Uh, we've covered a whole lot today between inflammation, anti-angiogenesis foods, our barrier defenders in our fats, the role that ketosis can have in cancer treatment, detox, and then finally antioxidants. So I hope that you all have taken a nugget or two that you can add in abundance to your outcomes. And um, check out, like I said, on the AllieMillerRD.com shops page. Um, if you're considering the detox ebook, definitely would jump on that before the end of the year. And we will be uploading um, the promo for the detox supplements also um, by the end of the month. So you can always um, message us if you're looking to take advantage of that early. And if you enjoyed today's episode, uh, please jump over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and or share the episode page on your social media. 
I'm hoping that this allows, again, information that is well um, researched in the medical field to support clinical outcomes and empower you to use food as medicine and nutritional supplements to not only fight against cancer, but maintain remission and prevent it in the first place. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.